Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the grace to gather in your presence, to come and have fun and share love together. We ask, oh Lord, that you should please help us to hear you. We don't want to hear ourselves um, talk. We want to hear you talk through every one of us. And we ask that we go energized in you to want to seek you better in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. So, um, our topic theme for today is how can I develop a Christian conscience? Mm. And so, to start from the basic, I would say we should have the first poster. Okay. So, on your devices, you're going to see a poll come up. Now, you're supposed to just pick as many as are correct. The question should say, which of the following did you do in your childhood and felt like something told you it was wrong? It's a multiple choice, so you don't have to choose only one. As many as apply to you, just, just click on them. <laughs> Still made from the pot, lie, went out of the house and no one knew till you got back. Or you kept changing, you kept the change that you were not supposed to keep, or you did something you were told not to do. Interesting. Anyone? <laughs> Let me see if I can actually share the result as it's coming in. Okay. Yep. Maybe your mom but told people you. Are still responding. <laughs> people are still Or maybe responding. she told you to buy a pot of meat and you decided to eat three <laughs> <laughs> before getting it done. <laughs> I'm very good with that, though. <laughs> okay. Sixteen out of nineteen have voted. Of course, out of those sixteen, I'm um, two, so only one person is left to vote, and we can go with the response that we have now. Yes, we can. Which... It's not showing on the screen, Kola. Is it not? No, it's the Kahoot. Sorry, let me see. By the way, let me actually respond to mine as well. Oh, I see. Because it's a is a is a zoom screen itself, it's my not sure, but I will do a screenshot and paste it in the chat thread for us. Okay, so let me stop sharing. But from what is here so far, 65%, 11 of us, I mean 12 of us now actually agree that we stole meat from the pots when we were young and felt it was bad. Um, 16 out of 18 of us agree that we lied. I would like to meet the remaining two people. <laughs> um, six of us um, went out of the house and no one knew till we returned. Um, 10 of us kept the change that we we're not supposed to keep. And about 16 of us, again, out of 18, in other words, most of us did something that we were told not to do. So that's the result for that. I would send this screenshot. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so well. basically, we all did something. 
that we were told not to do. We all had one history. It's all like me. I basically ticked all the balls above, apart from keeping the change. That one, I, <laughs> I'm very honest to go back and say, Daddy, oh, mommy, this is the change. But apart from that, stealing me from the pot, yes, I did. Lie, yes. Went out of the house and no one got to know. Yes. I was very good with that, with the fact that I was so quiet and you would never know, basically. <laughs> so you would not know whether, oh, she, she has gone out all day. And when mommy comes back, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm giving all the good smiles. So it was, it was something that, um, like, it's something that we all had that share of um, when, we were, when we were very little. And I would just ask this question to say that, how did we know that it was wrong? Can someone just go for it? How did we know it was wrong? We had 89% of did something you were told not to do. How did you know? How did you know that you were like, it was wrong to do? How did you know stealing meat from the pot was wrong for you? Mm. Just any, anyone can go. You can unmute yourself if you need to contribute. I think most of us are muted. So if you want to chip in your thoughts. For me, I mean, I knew because I don't know, because there's a voice that told me <laughs> there's an internal, there's just an inner witness, if you will. And that's not because I was born again at the time. I, I, I don't claim to have to be born again until born sometime again. in my teenage years. Uh, but then at the time, I still always know when I do stuff that I shouldn't do, especially probably because my parents have said you should not do it and then you end up doing it. So mm. there is that Absolutely. voice that, yeah, that just comes within to make me feel any other question yeah for me it probably would be uh, i chose to i was told to do something and i or not to do something and i did it and i chose that i lied so the first one was probably because in church they had always told us to not be disobedient Mm. so something was telling me to you're being you're being disobedient right now going Mm. against what you've been you know and then the second one about the lying was probably (laughs) that conscious thing pastor just talked about I just feel like it wasn't right. And the other, th- the other thing that might have really helped would probably be the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I really knew them. That shall not lie. That shall not steal. That shall not kill. I knew these things. Yeah. So the Ten Commandments, church, and my conscience. Yeah. Thank you. Um, someone said in the chat that I knew it was wrong because I was always rebooked. <laughs> I was always rebooked for it. Yeah. So basically, the reason we all know is because someone said it. Mm. There was a law not to do it. There was there was just something how they to say that don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you've read it somewhere. That's the only way it can come to your mind that it was wrong. Because if nobody had told you, you just felt, oh, it's a normal thing, you know. Mm. It will it even come to your mind that it was wrong. But it's because someone has read your mom has already told you, if I know you love meat, don't touch my meat don't dare <laughs> and you're like you've already taken three already and she's coming and like, I know you've touched this meat and you just go ahead to say the truth or you know you lie again and she's like are you lying and I'm like okay yes I'm lying <laughs> something like that so it's because someone has already told us and that is why we all know so basically let's go to what is conscience um from Marian Webster it says that a sense of consciousness, of moral goodness, or blameworthiness of one's own conduct, intention, character, together with a feeling of obligation to do a right or to be good. So in short words, 
a moral sense of right and wrong. It does mm-hmm. what conscience means. It helps you to know, like, it's just that thing that just comes to your head as pastor says, like, oh, what you're doing is wrong. And that's because someone has said it already. So if we bring it back to Adam and Eve, relating it to us, the Lord says, don't eat from the tree of the good and evil. That's the commandment. Mm-hmm. But the serpent knows that the only way the serpent could actually deceive them, deceive Eve, to say, eat, is because God has already said, don't eat. Mm. So the serpent was very sure that I know what, I have a reason to nail on how to say, you know what, if you eat, you will just be like God. Don't mind that he said you should. Mm. You muted yourself accidentally, fair. There you go. Sorry, can you hear me? Yep, we can. I'm sorry, there was uh, someone called. I'm using my phone, I'm sorry. Um, so it's because the serpent knew that there was something to like. The call came in again. <laughs> sorry. I really yeah, do I apologize. Know. I don't know. It was because the serpent knew that there was something to tell Eve that, mm-hmm. okay, if you eat from this, you would just be exactly like God. Don't listen. And that is why Eve could actually then think about it to say, oh, that's true. That's because God has already told them not to eat from the tree. So because we have commandments, that's the only way we can know that sin exists. Mm. That's the only way. If we don't have a commandment, if we don't have a law, we wouldn't know that sin exists. That's why we would know that, okay, this is wrong and this is right. So this is because we know the right so when we do the, when we do otherwise, it means that we sing. Uh, Pastor, please can you give us the second one? Absolutely. Okay, so here is poll number two. This one has got a few questions in it, but they are all in pairs. So the first one is five questions in all, but it's the same question, just five group. Which of the following does your culture doc- or doctrine agree with? That's the central question. Do you agree with gossip or do not gossip? Do you agree with eating pig or not eating pig? Do you agree with drinking water while you're on a day fast or not drinking water while you're on a day fast? Do you agree with going to church as a Christian or do you say it's you don't necessarily have to? It depends on your heart. And lastly, do you agree with talking while you're eating or you don't talk while you're eating? So just choose the ones that correspond in each of those five sub questions if you will really <coughs> true i can see you um so you you press next after the first after answering the first I try to press next, it's not going Ah, uh, it probably might be a, a network issue. So sorry. Okay. Yeah. That mama. You can as well pick that yes. one. Yes. That mama. Good to have you from the United States. Good. Thanks for joining us. Um, and lastly it could be the first two first three anyone and you can pick all like you can go ahead to you know do the five i can see that i mean most of us have gotten through 
because even on okay. question number five, there are 15 people that responded, 15 responded for four, 15 responded for three, 15 responded for two, 15 responded for Okay, so for we can one. have that's, the response. That's fine. So the response will be shared on our devices now. Okay. Good. Hmm, that's interesting. Very nice. <laughs> so um, 93% do not gossip. That's what you were told. Maybe in church or maybe your mom said it or something. Okay. Um, then 73 says eat pig. 27 says do not eat pig. That's more actually. But yeah. the first one, gossip, 7%. Yeah. So that is really nice to see. <laughs> um, then three says drink water while on day fast. 53% says yes uh -huh. to that. Do not drink water while on day fast. 47% says yes to that. Uh -huh. And then you should go to church as a Christian. 93 says yes to that. You necessarily don't need to. It depends on your heart. 7%. <laughs> Talk while eating, 27%. Don't talk while eating, 73%. So, I shouldn't say talk while eating. Talk while <laughs> Just kidding, don't mind me. <laughs> so that's your belief, actually. And yeah. that's what your doctrine says or your culture um, said. So we all have, a, we actually all have different beliefs. So if we do any of these things, like, for example, gossip, Mm -hmm. Your culture says gossip. Your doctrine says gossip. <laughs> then you can go ahead and gossip. Mm -hmm. You know, if that is what your culture says, if you do otherwise, if you stop gossiping, no, sorry, that's wrong. If you stop <laughs> gossip, you would, you like eventually committing a sin because you stopped. Why did you stop? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just use that example. I really like that because it's 70%. Uh -huh. So it says gossip. That is what your culture says. So if anyone tells you it's wrong and you listen to them, oh, it's wrong. And you say, okay, I won't gossip again. Apart from the Bible telling you that. Now that's the difference. That's where I want. Or I really like that example. I still wanted to go more, but let me just stay here first. If someone tells you, gossip is not good you have to ask why my culture says it's good uh -huh. if i do anything else my conscience will tell me you've done something wrong you need to gossip more <laughs> <laughs> so, but if the person says okay you're a christian you believe this is what the word of god says now you need to read it for yourself uh -huh. and say okay the word of god says don't gossip so I won't. Uh, but if you just do it because someone says don't and you don't search the word, then you're going against your doctrine. You're going against your culture. Eat pig. If you decide to go out and you've been eating pig and you then decide to stop because someone says, no, don't eat pig, eat ram. <laughs> and you say, okay, uh, I will leave that pig because now I'm now in another place, in another town. And my mom is not here. My dad is not here to tell me you must not eat pig or you must eat pig. Then I go ahead to do it. Mm. Then you're actually, your conscience is going to tell you you've done something wrong uh. at that point in time. So basically it doesn't, it doesn't become a norm when we go somewhere else. In as much as it's something that we believe right from time, uh -huh. it has to take the word of God to change that. 
for your conscience not to you know guilt you on it to say that you've done something wrong because you have already had that commandment you've had that law in you right from time so if you do otherwise then it comes and say "Mm, you've done something wrong yeah so that's just uh my point from there so if the bible tells yeah sorry (laughs) so um but also, yes, um, there, are, there are commandments and laws to guide us. The question is, are they good or are they bad? I just want to throw it to the floor. Are the commandments good? Are they, do you think it's something, is it good? Why is it there? If, if I'm going to know that I've sinned, why should I have it there? Why should I have the law? Can someone just go for it? Any, anyone? Why do we have this? too many laws too many commandments god why have you given us 10 commandments and even more <laughs> so just go for it or why are this government saying don't do this uh, why so do you can be other i suppose so that people would not i mean the alternative is that yes. anything goes so mm. and for anything goes could mean if I decide I can wake up tomorrow and kill my neighbor, God forbid, and I hope my neighbors are not listening. <laughs> but if there's no law that stops me from doing that. From doing that. Everything goes. Absolutely. So I suppose the law is, or the laws are, in a sense, maybe to bring some order into our existence. Yeah, my thoughts. sure. Someone said for check and balances. Mm. That's good. Um, anyone else? Sustano? Oh, like you said, when you were talking about the, the things we knew how to do from our culture you did say that the reason we know that they are bad was because someone said it so there has to be a saying or a written plan for us to follow otherwise we forget so i think that might have been the reason why we have so much commandments thank and you. everything yes yes thank you thank you ma thank you sir that was actually good um, so that's the reason why we have it it's just to guide us and also another point is to appreciate god more Mm. it just helps us to appreciate him more to say that oh you know what <laughs> i can't even fulfill all those laws myself I, ca- I can't just do it alone i just want you to take the ride because as we know christ said even if you lost after a lady or mm. a man anyone you've committed fornication mm. or something but that's that's a good example you kind of like so I must not look at a lady again. <laughs> or I should just close my eyes everywhere I go to. But no, it just helps you to appreciate God better to say, I can't do it on my own. Yeah. There are many things that we count as um, norms these days, just because everyone, that's another point I'm going to, just because everyone says, buy a tab for your child, yeah? yeah. Doesn't mean you should buy one yes, for your own child. So some parents buy tabs for their children because they want them to be technological, technology oriented. Mm. Why some buy? Because they want them to stay away from personal, like their home personal mobiles. So they want them to sit down with your tab, have what to do. <laughs> that is why some, some parents buy tabs for their children, you know? Mm. Uh, just leave me alone. Just do your thing. Let me do my thing. They want them to get away. Yeah. They love them, but like, just, just stay. Yeah. I, I have other things to do now. But is it because everyone buys a tab for a child? 
do you have to buy it as well mm-hmm. what's your reason this is yeah. just example what's your reason for doing a particular thing have mm. you asked yourself the motive behind what you want to do uh. do i want to buy a tab for my child because i want her i want him to learn faster or do i just want to buy a tab for my child to say sit down just continue watching anything you want to watch just continue <laughs> continue all the coco melon and everything <laughs> you know so we have to think about that we have to really think about it because if you aren't doing you know what is best for them mm-hmm. you might actually be going the wrong way if you buy it because everyone is buying it it might not be the best for them at that particular time you have to think about it and you have to let god to lead you on that as well so we should not be affected with what the word says don't make the like what dr henry said last time don't make everything become the norms for you or everyone says don't wear trousers to church so i wouldn't wear trousers to church why are you not why why ask yourself why am I stopping to wear trousers to church? Or why don't I want to cover my head to church? Just ask these questions mm-hmm. so that your conscience does not come playing different thoughts on you. You need to ask those questions. Thanks, Sister Titi. Go ahead. Question, ma. Yes, ma. <laughs> we have enough Bible scholars to answer. <laughs> no, it, you know, one thing you said now, it was really picking up like, okay, where do we draw the line with... Um, organizational rules, mm. national laws, the culture and doctrine of the church. Like if you say, don't cover your hair. Why, why does my opinion matter? <laughs> they will drive me away at the door of their church. If mm. I'm not, you know, conforming to their rules or whatnot. So how can we balance that? If you can help us with that, please. Okay. Um, from my um, little knowledge, <laughs> and then I would also try to the floor for everyone to please help us with it. Um, I would say, for example, someone told me recently to say, like, someone told me recently, a pastor of mine made this example recently and said, if you go to a church, yeah, and the church says, like, where I come from, the apostolic church, you must, like, as a man, you must not keep too much beers, yeah, and he's a pastor. He wants to go to that church to preach. And they say, don't keep too much beers. He's going to cut off his beers. Why? <laughs> because he's just respecting their doctrine. You're going somewhere. You are invited. If you decide not to respect it, you can just as well as say, I'm sorry, I can't cut off my beers. I want to stay in my church. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't come to do like evangelism or anything because of, of that reason. I cannot keep away from that. And then you apologize because that's your, that's your belief. Is it wrong? It doesn't necessarily mean it's a sin. It doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. You're, that inner conscience will tell you if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It will let you know. And especially we'll still get to that point of saying, especially when you communicate with the Holy Spirit, we are getting there. It would tell you if you should go or not. It would tell you if you have to actually cut that beers for God. So we, I think that's the way we can draw the line and the word of God. And we're still going to get there, Ma. Thank you. Um, 
anybody that Can I wants to have something? Can you hear me? Yes, yes Dr. Okay, Kingsley. Great. Um, I just want to um, add something to what Ife has answered, answered already. And to start it, that was a good question, but I'll draw an example from the Bible. I remember when um, Jesus was speaking with the Pharisees and they asked him a question about, uh, I can't remember the question, but what Jesus' answer was, is it what you eat that makes you unclean? Yeah. Or is it what comes from inside of you that makes you unclean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to relate that um, passage to when Paul was with the Gentiles and they were having a fellowship and then he was speaking with Peter and some elders came from Jerusalem and Peter suddenly stopped eating because Jews don't eat what is unclean. There are things they can't eat, but he ate it because of the revelation he understood. But God, uh, Jesus revealed, revealed some things to him initially before Cornelius came over. And now Peter did that same thing. Now, sometimes you go to a place, you don't eat in your culture or where you come from, you don't eat uh, a widow. Let me use a widow, for instance. <laughs> and then they send me to one called Ibadan town to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel. And I needed to eat this thing to get some people to Christ. <clears throat> Mind you, this is a food that my culture forbids, but the God forbid it, no. So I think at some point we need to also draw the line. Those organizational changes that we are talking about is could be what the culture forbids, but you need to, if, what culture forbids, you can do, but what God forbids, you cannot do. So we need to know that point of what God forbids, you know, and uh, the time of babbing the, uh, your beers, I didn't know that, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> uh, but as, as I was just saying, it's just uh, knowing when to go, because Peter ate with the Gentiles, which was not wrong because in God's standard, we are all one. And he wanted yeah. us to be drawn into the covenant with the commonwealth of Israel. And then the people that came that made Peter to start pretending, you know, we are beginning to understand this revelation. And Paul was angry about that. And then he scolded and said, no, you shouldn't do this thing, that this is wrong. So when we go to places to um, adapt to some of those things, I think we need to just stand by God's word and then uh, we can do things that our culture does not um, agree, but provided that Bible agrees with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kingsley. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Titi. That was actually the next thing to say, to say, if something is not mentioned in the Bible, such as what you should drink, what you should eat, should I listen to secular music? Should I drink? Should I use a scarf to church? Should I make my hair, you know? Flunky like Sister Titi's on. Yeah. <laughs> or should I just pack it to the back? Anyone you want to do. Or should I play beds? That's another one. Mm, you know, all those things. You need to just ask yourself. There's it's not said in the Bible that if it's right or if it's wrong. My church calls it this disputed. The Bible calls it disputable matters. But yeah, I like it so much in Romans, and I'm happy about that. Disputable matters, just ask yourself, is it pleasing to the Lord? That's all. Whatever you're doing, is it pleasing? That's all you want. You don't want someone to tell you all the laws and that's not in the Bible. God has mm -hmm. given us and he said, you can't even do it alone, mm -hmm. you know? So let's just think about it. If it's pleasing, 
let's go ahead with it. So one more part before we proceed to how we can actually develop that Christian conscience. There are some distortion actually like Christians that we find ourselves in. One is legalism. Libertism, where you have a lot of liberty. Mm. Spiritualism. Legalism is like people that actually follow law. They're like, as in, I can follow all the old 10 commandments. I can follow all the old, if you give me 100, mm. you know, I would follow everything. But they are not thinking about, can I even do this alone? They mm. believe they can actually follow the law to please God. And that's where some of, some of the Christians, that's where we find ourselves. Um, the one with libertism, Romans 6 1 says it already. Um, is it because grace abounds that we should continue to sin? Mm-hmm. Brother Paul says, no, God forbid. You shouldn't even think about it. You shouldn't think about it that because grace abounds. You have that free grace because someone paid for it. A very loving and gentleman. Mm-hmm. Eh? Sister we say he has so much swags. <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus paid for it and it was so expensive. So you shouldn't even think about it to say, because grace abound, I can continue to sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also spiritualism, there's some Christians that feel and be um yeah, yeah, when I was in Asia, there's one they used to say spirit coco. <laughs> you know, um, I have all the old gifts. I can display everything. So we shouldn't get to that. We should not even go to that point. Yeah. And that's where some Christians find ourselves. We should always know that it's grace alone in Christ alone. Um, please, Pastor, can we have the last four? Absolutely. So again, it's going to come up on our so Someone said, what is spiritualism? Like people that actually believe they have better spirit um, um the gift of the spirit more than any other person like you believe you worship god more than any other person basically thank you for that so the third poll is launched now should be on our devices it's just one question do you agree that are there are degrees to sin and righteousness you either say yes or you say no do you think there are degrees of sin and degrees of righteousness yes Oh, no. If it is a jam question, so very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, but thank you. Thank you so much. 12 of us have responded. 13 of us, 14. Ugochuku says, in its context. Okay, so (laughs) for example, um, someone will kill. And someone who, someone who is angry, is there mm-hmm. any difference between the two? Or someone who um, goes to church? No, don't let me use that one. That's a very good one. <laughs> um, for the righteousness, someone, someone that reads the Bible daily, mm-hmm. and someone that reads once in a week. Person that reads five times in a week is that person more, you know, ah, spiritual, heavenly, you know, beautified? Or (laughs) please, is that clear? Um, good sugar, yeah, 
just like say this is small sin. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Allah for Jesus. Just like saying this is small sin and there is a big sin. Yeah. Um, if he said, is it possible to rephrase the question? Who is measuring the degrees to win? Because that would change my answer. <laughs> God, God, God. <laughs> oh, is it God that is measuring it? I oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm getting the question. Maybe you're getting it another way, Ma. I do, I do understand, not just going from a first question, like, for real, like, let's think about who is measuring this sin and this righteousness. I think it's we humans, isn't it? Um, can I just oh, who is measuring it? Not that um, the person that is passing um, a judgment like who gets to determine okay. which who sin gets is to big determine and which one is we. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we. I think, uh, <laughs> okay. I think that... Uh, what uh, Sister Ifeo was saying, if I, if I should input something, when you talk about degrees of sin, I was thinking what you meant was whether you're a killer or you're a liar, uh -huh. a sin is a sin. But when it comes to righteousness, I was thinking someone that prays once in a day and someone that prays once in a week, I wouldn't say that I am more righteous than the person because our righteousness is like filthy rags for the Lord. So yeah. I'm thinking if it could have been like mm. questions, yeah. yeah, the sin, you know, we all believe there is no small sin and big sin. We all believe mm. if you are if you are a gay and then you are a, 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 a liar, a liar, you are all going to the same hell. There is no separate hell <laughs> from one, you know. But when it comes to righteousness, I think mm. that the degree at which you relate with God is what will help you in your Christian world. Mm. I'm not trying to influence mm. anybody's uh, decision. I'm just saying that's why I think that the righteousness could have been in another question. Praise God. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. I think I one really way could this. have been rephrased could have been are there degrees of sin and works of righteousness? Yes. In which oh, case, then yeah. we know we're not just talking of right. Our righteousness is God's positionally. Yeah. But then our works of righteousness... I'm not the same, and in that sense, I would believe that there will be degrees. Gochuku wants to ask a question. I apologize for that. Okay, so um, good evening, everyone. Um, the degree of faith in the context of a believer, somebody who is um a Christian, <clears throat> and uh, the effect of sin in the person's life to the degree of how it affects them, and somebody who is just an unbeliever who is coming to God as a sinner. Uh -huh. For example, the Bible says that David committed sin and his hands were too bloody to build a temple. Even though it was part of his former heritage to build a temple. We see a man called um, Esau. Esau had repentance, but his repentance could not bring back the loss of the birthright. Uh -huh. of so the reason of sin in the context of somebody who is now that God seemingly has effect. You can lose your call because of sin. You can you can lose things because of sin. So they must, must contextify when you say the degree of sin. Because sin is sin, sin and yes, but the way that sex up as a believer will always be different. And scripture also proves that also. We see that Peter refused to follow Jesus' instructions to go and preach to the Gentiles. And God removed that minister and gave it to Paul. 
when when they gave him that vision of the guy eat something, I said, no, Lord, we don't eat on Christian. That was the end of the ministry to the Gentiles, and then God now brought Paul to now minister to the Gentiles. So we see that faith has an effect actually in our work with God. So let's put context so that it's easier. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's... I apologize for that. Uh, maybe I should have explained. Yeah, definitely should have explained better. Then uh, Adibaya says, Brother Adibaya. <laughs> Faith, sin is sin. <laughs> we, all, we all know that righteousness is righteousness. It's one way, but then who is righteous if we were to measure? Um, Mr. Busaya says, no small L, no small everyone, so no degree to sin or righteousness. <laughs> but Terry says, ah, sinners get levels for sin. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know how we can like my idea for this question is to give examples to say that someone can just go ahead and talk like on this is to say that for for example someone that's someone that um, gets angry with someone else like you get angry with your brother and someone the mother uh, is your brother uh, so is there a degree to this is that difference is there any difference in this scene. Can I just say something? Yes, well, yes, sir. Okay, so well, we measuring it by uh, by virtue of intensity. We might think that uh, the person who murdered is worse than the person who lied. Mm. But I, but I believe sin is sin because even at at one point Jesus was saying that um, if you anyone who is planning to keep the commandments, once you miss it in um, if you fault in one, you are faulted in all. Mm. It's, not, it's, not, it's not so much about what the person does. And even the question of sin, when we so that's it, that's it. So I don't think, I don't think, of course, there are degrees, but it's the same in the sight of God. Okay. The person that lied, the person that killed, they both committed the sin. Mm. Let me just okay. say that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know who was speaking, but thank you. <laughs> So um, I like this part because I know that we would all have different. Um, so far, I feel we all have like almost same um, the ideology about it, like almost same belief. I, I believe from the Bible, um, we all have almost same belief about it. But there are actually um, there's um, a survey or yeah, a survey that says that people in the psychiatric, psychiatric hospital yeah, mm -hmm. are affected by the ethics of what Jesus teaches. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And why are they affected? They're like, oh, I've lied. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I've lost after a lady. That's it for me. I've sinned. Yeah? Mm -hmm. They think about that a lot and that gets them to the psychiatric hospital. But someone that murders as well, oh, I've murdered. And they are thinking what Jesus said in, in the Bible about that to say that in, in Matthew to say, even if you lost, though you were told not to fornicate, yeah. but you look at a lady or a man, let's use a man so that we don't have any difference. <laughs> you just look, you have sinned. 
So what I think is that there is a degree to this. They believe what the what Jesus was saying at that point in time is that there is a degree to this. There, there's a degree to this thing. Yeah. They, sorry, that there is no degree to this thing. That everything is just the same thing. Oh, mm. you lied. You lied. You murder. You murder. But is that really what Jesus was saying? Do we want to just think about it again? Is that what Jesus was saying? Was he actually saying, if you lie, you have done a very small sin. If you murder, you have done a very small sin. Or he's saying, even if you lie, you have done the biggest one. Or if you murder, you've done the biggest one. If you're angry, you've done the biggest one. If you murder, you've done the biggest one. Just, just think about it again. Mm. I just want us to think about it again. There's a reason why I said think about it again. I have to also think about it again. <laughs> Yeah, it, um, sorry, to, sorry to cut in. While you were talking, yeah, it just came to my mind. Like, could it be? Could the fault be in us, like hyping ourselves that oh, I'm just this good Christian that, you know, what I'm talking about when you mentioned people that they would do something and it would make them lose their mental health. Uh, Is it because we've prided? No, prided. Like we've put our place in this place of that spiritualism. You said like oh. Like I'm just I'm working with God so much that I can't I can't be caught I can't be caught um, stealing. Hmm. Then you find yourself doing that very thing you've not done, and then it just crashes us. And I when, when you were talking, I just I just thought to myself like it says it could be because we, we sometimes we feel like we've reached and we've reached a height with God, oh. and we feel and we make almost a vow like we vow to ourselves like nah I'm good I'm good all this was what people that are still sinning. They don't know what they're doing and things. And it does happen, especially when we're in that. It happened to me, basically. When I was still in that, my fiery, when I was at uni, in fellowship, I was still like, hey, vibrant. No, my brothers would do things. I would look at them like, why can't you guys just think differently? In the same way, like after two minutes, I'm going back to the things I've said that I can't do. But when I I, I came to the point where I knew, when I, when I knew that I am I'm helpless, I'm like a baby, regardless of how much, of God, I know, I, I, I'm still messy. And, and knowing, knowing that I can be messy helped, actually helped me more than when I knew that I can't do things that, oh no, I can't ever be caught fornicating or adultering and things like that. So yeah, I just thought to mention that. Thank you. Thank you for, so much, yeah. Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. Please, can I just, I just like, you're welcome. Yes, um, I just want to quickly, I just want to quickly follow up on what Sissi, Sister Anu said, thank you so much for, you know, mentioning that, you know, many times we walk with the Lord and we think that we cannot do some things. Okay, a few things happened to me a couple of years ago and about seven years ago, and I thought that, ah, Omar, you think you are a child of God. How did you find yourself in this kind of mess, uh. you know? And when I, when, I, when I eventually had a long view back, I realized that, you know, the truth of the matter is many times when we fail is, okay, so a couple of scriptures are coming into my mind, but I didn't want to go into scriptures. I just want to express in a, in a, in a, in a, in a normal times, in a normal language uh-huh. that, you know, many times when we walk with the Lord and, you know, you know, because we just gave our life to Christ, we feel that, ah, no, we are on top of it. You know, we are, we are just, ah, no, I'm just bouncing around. I'm just doing this stuff. But, you know, I, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, I think that is self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And 
And those are the things that, uh, those are the things that sort of has not dropped off. Uh, it, it hasn't dropped off um, as, a, as we walk with God. It hasn't particularly dropped off. And the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So we cannot hold on to that and think, okay, I've looked down on people. I look at that one. We can, ah, no, no, no. I can't be in that kind of thing. But <laughs> along the line, I fell into it and I realized how vulnerable I am. Mm-hmm. I was and I am. Mm-hmm. And how, 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 how easy it is because the Bible says, let him that stand, um, think he stands, take it, you know, less before, you know. Because I realized that a few things that I've talked against, I actually mm. fell into it. And what then, what that did for me was that it made me then go back to the Lord, that Father, I can't do this. So I, <laughs> I can't do this alone. Now <laughs> <laughs> I realized that ah, I got to, I got yeah. to be with you. You mm. got to walk on me. I <clears throat> had to. So it helped me to depend on God. Mm. So I remember this movie that I watched. Um, a couple of years ago, it's just this, it's a, it's a Nigerian Christian movie. It's on YouTube. I can't remember the name now. And it was talking about um, being a, a worm. A worm that has, a worm doesn't have a backbone. Uh-huh. Literally doesn't have a bone. But, you know, it still does what it does. And you, we just like, we should just be like warm in the hands of God. When we realize that, you know, I don't have anything. I don't even trust myself anymore. Father, I can't trust myself that I will do this. But what I do is now that I believe that I have a sinless spirit, what I do is I walk in the grace and I still labor with the grace. So I still walk out my salvation with trembling and fear. All right. As just the Bible says, but I'm not basing the fact that ah, I can do this. So yes, I can now stand and say, ah, if you think you can stand in your righteousness, in fact, the Yoruba version says, Oteton. Oteton. You are finally there. So English says, you are finally, you are finally. So God bless. I'll ask one comment on this. I think pride is one of the devices that most of us are not even aware that we have. Mm. as in they connote it so much to a lot of uh, negative things and sins but sometimes you can also have pride in your righteousness and you're not even aware that you do you feel that you're so good and you're so holy and you're so righteous and you don't even realize that you're being proud about that and you feel that because you're that that means you can't fall or something mm. i think that that's a lot of that's a device that a lot of us are not even aware that we have because you just connoted to being sinful and all that, but even in your righteousness and holiness, there's also pride in that. And I think it's that pride that sometimes makes you fall mm-hmm. and make you be deceptive of even your own self too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. I like the the, the tone the question had. Yeah. <laughs> I really do enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Um, for... <laughs> For, the, for this particular question, um, I'm happy with all we said about it. There's someone and raising yes, his hand. Sorry. Learn from this. Ugochuko. Yes, yeah, sorry, Faith. Yes, sorry. Sorry. Good evening again. Good evening. Um, Good evening. I want to just add to what has been said. Um, first on sin is sin. 
And you know, as um look at the Bible from the book of Genesis chapter one, we see how that sin was first mentioned there according to the scriptures. And then we can see that the effect of sin was death, and the death was not physical death, but a discommunication from God in fellowship, not even in relating to God, but in fellowship. Because after that, we see that God still spoke to Adam and Eve, and there on and there on. So when we see that sin is sin, we see that the effect of sin, which is death, is universal. And so a man who lies will be will have an issue with communicating with God. And if you live an organic life with God, every time you lie, literally lie, there will be a check in your spirit that becomes like an alert on your on a car that, that has an issue. And until you, until you repair from that thing, that alert will not go off. And to hinder communication with God. Now that is the effect of sin general body. But then we see from scripture and evidence that also the way sin happens to a believer, not outside the the company of commonwealth of Israel, but they believe that also sin, for example, now we see how sexual sin occur and how it affects people differently. We see the great man called Samson, how it affected him. You know, so you know that we all, we all agree that sin is sin and that the entire the blanket is that it will affect your communication with God, which is death. Mm-hmm. Also, on all trustness, you know. Yeah, on righteousness, we, we remember that the Bible talks about two thrones on the day of, of, of judgment. We have the white throne and the, and the Christ or the judgment of Christ. Mm-hmm. The first throne, judges of standing God of righteousness, which is where we all uh, find ourselves. And the next one judges our work with God. Mm-hmm. And so when we say righteousness is righteousness, that is true. But in a context where there's a work with God and people are different stages. In their work with God. Yes, sir. And pride in the sense of boasting yourself is an issue. But boasting in God is not an issue. And it is vital for a believer to boast in God. And Paul boasted in God. If Paul said, I pray, I pray in tongues more than you all, I think that's a very good boasting in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And every believer is allowed to boast in God. And so we should take away the fact that we have to boast in God. And to tell another believer that, come on, bro, let's do better. There must be a place of being able to correct one and say, oh, come up here. And not just believe the fact that indeed there is a differentiation in your work with God. And where I am might not be where you are in God. But even though all of us have the same ground standing, I want to just put that context into it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I, I learned a lot from everyone and I believe we all learned um, from one another. Uh, but in the context of what I was trying to bring so, up, just, can I can I make can I ask a quick question, please? Yes, oh uh, seven. Uh, not to refer in particular to the whole house, especially pastor. Uh, there's this thing that always comes up in my mind, especially in regards to this question. Like, uh, is there any particular degree to sin or righteousness or something? I always have this impression that okay, most times we judge ourselves based on uh, what we're exposed to. Uh, Christianity, Muslim, and every other religion. Mm. How are people who have never heard of these things be judged? Mm. I keep asking myself, like, but recently I, I read something about a, a particular activist who died in Brazil who was protecting the Amazon from mm. some people who, do, who don't want to be exposed to civilization. Now, the question I want to ask is, 
for people who ha have not had the opportunity of being exposed to these preachings, Christianity or either way. This question does not particularly go to the set of people. As an individual, let's say, for instance, I come from a very poor background and um, maybe from illiterate parents and stuff, and I've not been opportune to hear these preachings, either from the media, TV, or even by people preaching. We might think these things are everywhere. There are still some low civilized places and places where civilization have not touched. Mm. Now, will you judge somebody who committed sin with that little or no information to somebody who is in the city, who had these preachings on everything he touches and still commit the same sin. <laughs> Not really for today, I'm just trying to be honest. <laughs> I can, it's just, it's, it's part of the theme as well, Pastor. Yeah. Um, can I say something? Because I know that Pastor yeah. will finish and land everything up. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Go on, God bless you, sir. God bless you. I really appreciate um, your heart for God. All right, um, whilst we're talking about this uh, particular question, I was just thinking about um, something. And that is the reason Jesus won't come on time. The reason is because the gospel of the Lord hasn't reached there. Jesus is not going to come. And that's the reason why sometimes the Bible says men count God's slackness as if he's weak. He is not weak. He is only just waiting that everyone everyone and when when the bible says everyone all men including those ones who are in those areas they still need to hear the gospel and that's the reason why like i said again i repeat jesus is still not going to come because gospel hasn't reached there the reason is because god is not a partial god it's the same yesterday today and forever and what he wants is he wants all men to hear this gospel and then make your decision so if you now decide to follow the Lord, good for you. If you decide not to, whatever you have chosen to do, you know, but at least you will hear it. And that's the reason, and I think that's the reason why um, it looks like the Lord Jesus is, is mandating people now to go into those areas, you know, to, to tell the world about it. Now, it looks like even with this um, pandemic, it has made the world so, so much vulnerable to media, that media is penetrating into some areas now that you think is not, they, they don't have media now. Because at the end of the day, we realize that we found ourselves on this particular platform around this time. So, you know, it, 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 just, it just comes down to the fact that Jesus is not gonna come until every one of them in those, those, those areas, those thick mm. and dark places, until they know about Jesus Christ. Jesus is not going to come. He's not a partial God. He wants everybody to be a fear, a, not a fear, aware <laughs> of, <laughs> the one, he wants us to be aware of what we're doing and what, what our decision is when it comes to the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Ma. Pastor, I, I, do you want to wrap that? And Pastor, for you, I don't think that sentence that Jesus is not coming, won't come. I don't think it's absolute, but color would wrap it up. He did say when it comes, it will come like a thief in the night. So there's no, there's no, there's no biblical base to say, but to say the reason he hasn't done it yet, but we all have a mandate to go into the world and preach the gospel. 
So I just thought to drop that before our dear pastor does the rounding. Let me start from, from there where I know ended to say, yeah, there, there, there are scriptural grounds actually. Um, that was writing and, and telling them as far back in the first century when they were already expecting Jesus to come back to say the reason why he hasn't delayed is not like say God is not slow or slack in his promises, but he's been very patient trying to ensure that he gives as more room for as many people as possible to come into the kingdom. And then Jesus himself speaking about the signs of the end says, and when the gospel has been preached in all the words, then the end shall come. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, there is that. But to the question that, that um, Tosin raised, and this is not me speaking as the one that knows it all or that has all the answers. Um, Paul the Apostle articulated it ever so brilliantly in Romans chapter one. And I'll just read a couple of verses from a couple of translations. So this is Romans one, um, verse 19 to 20, especially, but right from verse 16, he has begun to speak about the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation and things like that. But then when it gets to verse um, 19 and verse 20, I'll read from the Passion Translation and the Message Translation. Maybe I can read from the KJV as well, which many of us might have been familiar with before, but so that it can sound a little bit different. The Passion Translation says from verse 19, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence, for instance. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then this leaves everyone without an excuse. That's 19 to 20 Romans 1 from the Passion Translation. Reading the same scripture from the message, it says, um, but the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such cannot see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this, people knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. They pretended to know it all, but they were illiterate regarding life. They traded the glory of God, who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines that you can buy at any roadside stand. Now, specifically back to that question of what happens to those that never for at any point in time throughout their lifetime, they never heard anything about Jesus. They never knew there was a Jesus that came that died till the time that they died. The Lord will judge them according to the revelation that they have. And what's that revelation? There's a revelation in creation. Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Even someone that doesn't know Jesus would look at the skies and know that the majesty of creation implies that there is a creator. And, in, and necessitates that I should relate with that creator in accordance with the transcendence and power that he must command for him to have created something ever so wonderful and ever so beautiful. How that or what that would look like will be based on the person's understanding, his cultural setting and all of those kind of things. And God will judge them on the basis of that. God will not judge them. That's why Paul said at the end of the day, nobody has an excuse basically. You can't say that you don't know that there is God. You may not know Jesus, but you should know God. 
in that sense. And God will judge you just on the basis of that revelation of himself that is already available to anyone and everyone in the world. Sister, I know you raised your hand. Yes, I remember you said something because um, Kola is doing African Christianity. You said there's um <laughs> when our parents, like in our ancestors, when they were taught, when they were praising Olodumare, that some of them were not really doing the evil, evil um abahabalism, but that was their own interpretation of what you said, how that heavens declared the glory of God. They they know there's an Olodumare, a creator of the whole world, and then they worship. Olodumare God as they could at the time before the missionaries came. So they had Christianity, but was their own African way of praising God. So when the missionary came with their own message, they were able to relate because it sounded like something they know, but now they're able to put it, they are able to pull context to it, so to say. So I just thought to mention that. But what they had wasn't Christianity. It was a relationship with God of some sort. It can't be Christianity because they don't know Christ. Yes, they know Christ. But yeah, that's that's basically the gist. Like in every people group and in every cultural setting, if there is yet to be the knowledge of Christ in what in as we know it in that sense, there is still a knowledge of God. There is a revelation of God to everyone. And how you respond to that based on this thing that Sister Ife is talking about, conscience and all of that, how you respond to that would be on the basis of, upon which God will judge you. He won't come and judge you that you did not believe in the Jesus that you never even knew existed and you never knew did anything as such for you. That's my understanding of it, basically. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Basically, we've wrapped up the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, but still, I still want to bring out this point um, to say that the, the question where I was asking if there's a degree of sin and if, if there's a degree of sin, yes, is to say that the reason Jesus says, if you're hungry with a brother, is likened to murder, or if you look at a lady or man is likened to fornication, it's not because there is no difference between both. Yeah, it's not, I still want us to think about that. It's not because there's no difference in that degree that, okay, you, you, you got hungry and you killed someone, is to actually say that, for example, you have a brother, yeah, a friend. You call the person a friend and you get to be together in a private room every time. And you say, oh, he's my friend. And you continue to, you know, um, abort that environment, that private um, time. One day, basically, you will get to the bed. <laughs> and if you continue to stay angry with your brother mm-hmm. every time, you're hungry, you're not changing, you're hungry. One day, mm-hmm. you'll strangle someone, mm-hmm. you'll kill mm-hmm. someone. So it's not that there is no difference. And still, you can say that there's no difference. But you should look at it as that. See. Mm-hmm. You have to just look at it that there's no difference. But basically, there's still a little bit of distinction to say that the reason why Jesus is telling us that is so that we don't even start it. We are Mm. conscious when it happens, when it strikes, that conscious. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in for us to Mm. say, you have done something. And yeah, pastor, sorry. 
No, um, yeah, just on, on what you're saying. And again, I'm looking at the time. We actually should have wrapped up. So <laughs> the con contributions kept coming. So we'll be wrapping up shortly. Sorry, everyone. Um, to say, the, just like everybody had said, the question of whether there is degrees of sin or of righteousness in terms of works of righteousness is, is a yes and a no. A yes in the sense of yes, Sin is sin. But just like Sister Ife was trying to, that was actually the angle I was looking at it from as well before. As someone that has struggled, for instance, with lust, pornography, masturbation, and all of those kind of stuff. The way the devil works in, in the days of, of, of my enslavement in that chain, in a sense, is sometimes he could come and say, okay, you started lusting. That's just, you are just lusting. It could come with the argument of, yeah, you're lusting. So you can as well go all the way open the website, do whatever you want to do, enjoy yourself to the maximum. And, and you could choose to believe that line, that rhetoric to say, yeah, since lusting is as good as committing adultery, let me just take it the full length and, and know that, yeah, God, I've offended you, I've offended you. <laughs> let me just offend you in full. <laughs> or you could write from the, the process of lusting, feel that this is wrong and leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit to say, God, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I was thinking like that. I'm sorry I looked at that twice. I'm, I'm sorry, whatever that looked like. And okay. leaning to that, to, that, to that help that is available at that point in time and nip it in the bud. In that sense, lust and the full-blown adultery, whatever that could look like, are not exactly the same actions, but one thing has led on to the other in a way that makes the other looks like a bigger sin. It's not like it's a bigger sin. It's a, it's a matter of the mind. It's just a matter of how we think about this, how we think about how God sees us. Someone that immediately the Holy Spirit brings a slight conviction about what you're doing and responds with, help me, I'm sorry. There is the openness and willingness to be helped. There's a pro proverb where I come from that says it is the child that raises or opens his hand wide that the mother would carry. In other words, it shows that you really want to be helped. You're coming boldly to the throne of grace. You're obtaining mercy. You're finding grace. As opposed to someone that is thinking, yeah, I've started. I can as well just take it the long haul. That's someone saying, mm, just like Paul was saying in Romans 6, I can continue in sin and say grace should abound. In any case, God says where there is, Paul said where there is sin, then grace abounds even much more. So I'm sinning and getting what I want. God is forgiving me and getting what he wants. He likes to forgive. So yeah, and I like to sin. Our two <laughs> has met our four and we're good together. So that's the, that's the angle from which I'm looking at it from, from the sin side. In other words, to say, yeah, there are degrees to sin in that sense. And from the righteousness side, just like Ugochuku was saying, we won't, we will all make heaven on the basis and on the grounds of our relationship with Jesus. First Corinthians yeah. chapter 3, verse 11. There is no other foundation that anybody can lay than that which Christ has laid. Jesus Christ, that's the foundation. But then he goes on to say, What are you building on that foundation? And he likened it to people building with some precious stones and metals and stuff like that. And others that are building with things that eventually, when everything is tested, while the foundation remains the same, what you have built on the foundation will be tested with fire. Some, some, some people's own will be burnt off. Some other people's own will yeah. go through that test and come out beautifully and they will be rewarded accordingly. accordingly. So in other words, my Christianity is not just, it doesn't end on I am saved. I am now the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Yes, and that's the basic unit of Christianity. 
but I know that there is more. I want to live my life and walk my Christian faith in a way that when I stand before the Father, I'm hearing him say, well done, good, thou good and faithful servant. And not just because he has to say that to everybody, because he won't. He will only say that to those that have indeed been good and faithful. And faithfulness, again, is in levels. So I want to continue to wake up each day depending on him, leaning into his strength. Help me. I want to become more like you. I want to model you more. I want to model you better than I've done yesterday. And in that sense, yeah, there are degrees to outworking our righteousness. The righteousness is the same. It's the righteousness of God. But outworking it, the works that come from it would be in different levels. And God will reward us accordingly. And that's why many people get to heaven and they will still weep because they will see the opportunities that they had and what they could have been and rewards they could have earned um, that they never strove or, or, or pressed into to accomplish, not by their own power, but by the power that has always been available, if only they would have maximized it. So. Thank you so much, sir. That's what. That's the reason why I asked the question. That was where I was directing my attention to. Thank you for that. And if we, there's any time we would actually, like, fall short of, of his glory, maybe saying do anything wrong and the Holy Spirit tells us it's wrong, just come boldly to his throne and he would have mercy on uh, he would have mercy on you. And also Romans 8 1, you should always have that word in your heart to say that therefore there is now no condemnation. That's the only way we can actually see our God would see us through. We should always put those words in our heart to say therefore there is no condemnation even when the devil comes to speak those words to you tell it there is no condemnation mm -hmm. so i have faith in christ i have been given that free grace so just to the last um aspirational i will just wrap it up hurry and <laughs> for taking our i'm very sorry for taking our time so how can we how can you how can i how can we develop a christian conscience for you to be a Christian conscience, it means that you're saved, you're baptized, you have received the free gift of redemption. So if not, just as Paul and Silas said to the keeper of the prison, when he asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your family. So please, if you're yet to be saved, if you have not done all those things I just said, Take that opportunity to know him today and come to him. Just believe and you're saved. And you can follow up by reading Acts 16, um, verse 25 to 34. If you don't have a Bible, internet is everywhere. Just browse it out and you'll get it. And you can go to any servant of God to do, you know, to speak to them that you want to come to Christ and also to fellowship with the family of God. As a church, please <laughs> make sure that you fellowship. It is really important to fellowship with the family of God. They're just the best and they are the most important family. So the process of sanctification, and that is the main question, uh, answer to our question, how can I develop a Christian conscience? It's just the process of sanctification. In as much as you're saved, just continue to renew your mind. So I will just mention a few points that would help us to continue to develop Christian conscience. The first one is by feeding on the word of God. Mm. Psalm 1, verse 2. I wouldn't read them. <laughs> you can just put it down and read them later, please. So by feeding on the word of God, meditate on it day and night, always as the Lord helps you. 
by dining with the Holy Spirit. You can't do it alone. It has to be with the Holy Spirit. You have to have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. By fervent prayer, you have to pray. You have to pray. Constantly renewing our minds with prayers. You have to pray without season. And also you have to continue to purge your minds with those prayers. Um, different verses I can, I can mention here, and you can actually jot it down if you want. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Hebrews 9, 14, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Because the devil would continue. He's not resting. He, would, he wants to manipulate those thoughts. He wants to manipulate everything. Even when you're thinking right or the thought is coming, any little thought you want to pray, you want to, you don't want the devil to keep you know, working on those thoughts in you. Mm. You just want to cast it out as much as you can. Just keep saying it. The Lord has given me a sound mind. He has given, he has strengthened me. He has given me the power. You know, mm. I can overcome this um, um, emotional struggles. I can overcome this lying habit. I mm. can do it. So you keep praying. You really have to pray as a Christian. Um, it is also important as family, parents, if we have, yeah, we have very lovely parents here. Please, with your children, you have to pray for them. I, I can boldly say that even though my mom and my dad were praying, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am because sometimes youth, teenagers, internet, everything has just brought a lot of things into our thoughts. And the devil uses this opportunity to manipulate it and bring even more. So that's when you see a child do something else and you'd be like, what has come over this child? Or why is this child doing this way, you know? And it's because we have to pray. We have to pray for them. We have to pray for our children right from bed. We have to pray for them that the devil will not have permission to manipulate their thoughts. That as they are growing, they're growing in strength, they're growing in love, they're growing in the spirit of the Lord. Also continue to seek his presence. This is important. Don't, don't rush it. Don't say that. Oh, I've, I've not read my Bible today. I've sinned. <laughs> oh, I've not read my Bible today. Oh, God is not happy with me. You know, I've not read my Bible for five days. Father is not happy with me. It's a process and you have to seek it. The only way it becomes a process is when you're intentional, when you want to do it, when you want to seek his presence every time, when you desire it passionately, that's when it becomes a process. So, don't give up. Continue to say, I know I have the Holy Spirit and he's able to help me. I said, I am able to assist you. I can just read one from you from my post it. <laughs> Are you tired? No. Just get away with Jesus. <laughs> just always get away with Jesus. Don't mm. get tired. Even days where you don't feel like praying. Many times I'm tired and I'm like, God, I can't read my Bible. And I'm like, I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to tell me come on, you can do it. Mm. So don't give up. It's a, it's a process. Don't hate yourself because you did something. Just come boldly to his presence to say, I am, I am weak. In you, I find strength. Mm. And that's the only way we can, we can enjoy this process of sanctification. And faith, you have to do all in faith. You cannot do it without faith. You want to speak with, in tongues, it's faith. You want to read your Bible every day. It's faith. Having that assurance that 
I would wake up tomorrow morning to read my Bible. Having that belief, without you having that belief, without you saying that, even if I didn't wake up for prayer this morning, tomorrow morning or this night, I'm going to pray. Mm. It's just that faith, speaking those positivity into your life. That's this right. is what I want to do. And may the Lord help us. So do all in faith. It's not by our works, but in grace alone, in Christ alone. Thank you. I really appreciate everyone. <laughs>